1: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with tech stuff from howstuffworks.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Chris Paulette. I'm an editor at How Stuff Works. And today I have sitting next to me Jonathan Strickland, one of our writers. <laughs> I suppose I should remove the tape. Yeah,
0: well, I, I was gonna make a great owl sound, but I don't even actually have tape. That was Who? that was Radio Magic, oh, or okay. Podcast Magic, if you yes. will.
1: Podcast Magic. Well, the reason
0: uh, Jonathan sounded muffled
1: up front was because we were talking today about parental controls. Yes, although I'm not his parent.
0: No, no. <laughs> Let's clear that up right away. No, he is not my long lost father. My father is 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 neither long nor lost.
1: Uh, he doesn't have to wear a big black suit with a mask over his head and wields a lightsaber?
0: Not often.
1: Okay. All right. So anyway, parental controls are a, a subject of much debate simply because, uh, you know, let's get down to the nitty gritty. It's a form of censorship. Yes. Um, uh, about which uh, many people, including Jonathan, uh, and I- I'm probably not going to sound like it, but I, I know an anti-censorship person. But I also have two young daughters, one of which is... Uh, too young to do any more than drool on the keyboard. Right. But, uh, you know, recently I, I have a kindergartner who's very computer savvy and, uh, started thinking about that the other day. Uh, looked at the, uh, Mac OS and there's a parental control suite built into the operating system. Yes. Uh, just like there is for, uh, for Microsoft Vista. Mm-hmm. And, uh, these are, these are really simple, uh, solutions. You know, it says turn off the, a computer at a certain time on school nights or, uh, only allow them to use the computer for, and then you get it to set, you know, half an hour, a whole hour, you know, three hours, and you get to pick. So those kinds of things really, okay, not censorship, but you do have some control over how much time your, your child spends using the computer. Um, and, uh, they're built right into the operating systems, which, you know, seem pretty cool. Now, They also go farther. You can uh, allow them to block uh, dirty words in the dictionary, uh, websites that might be offensive. Uh, Of course, you're relying on somebody else to set those sites up. You know, say, "Well, um, go ahead and subscribe to these conventions." So you're sort of trusting somebody else to block your uh, your websites for you. But um, you know that that's essentially how it works. And I thought, well, you know, I would like to limit my uh, my kid's time on the computer. So I set up a basic set of parental controls. Um, so I'm so far pretty happy with it.
0: Cool. Cool. Yeah. Back when, um, back when I was a kid, um, I I was fortunate to be part of a, a household that had computers pretty early on. So, I mean, even when I was, I guess about maybe twelve or thirteen we had a computer. This is kind of dating myself a little bit. Um but we had uh uh the first real computer computer that we had, uh we're I'm not gonna count the Texas instruments and please don't send me mad email about that. But um was the Apple two E. The Apple IIE. Nice. And and we had an Apple two E. We had several uh games on it, um, which uh ostensibly were for me, but uh it was not unusual to find that my father playing <laughs> playing <laughs> games and and beating my high scores um but the the real reason we got it was because my my father writes novels so um our parental control system was dad coming into the office and kicking me off the computer so that he could write the next chapter of his book which was you know necessary because in order to supplement his income and pay for my education and everything along those lines and those of my sister you know <laughs> he kind there of had to yeah. so that was the old style of rental control where it was very much hands on but yeah today when you've got kids who have their own computers now uh, or their own phone lines I mean, you, you've got a lot more technology uh, available and some of it geared specifically towards children um, you really have to take these other things into consideration it's not like you know we can only afford one machine for the entire house now um you know, the the prices have dropped so much that it's not a luxury item anymore. No, nope. um, not for a lot of families, anyways. For some families, yes, it still is, but for many families, you know, it's not unusual to find three or four computers in the household. So in that case, you can't really just you know what pop your head in every five minutes and make sure that your know, your kid's not jumping back online to to check out the internet. It's it's not really practical. So, in I can I can begrudgingly agree that these are a necessary, uh, I hesitate to use the word evil, but they are necessary, um, in many cases. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, see, the, the, uh. That actually hurt me it, a little bit.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. Uh, of course, parental controls don't go, uh, only, they don't stop at the edge of your computer screen. There are also other, many other screens that you'll find parental controls on, like sure. your TV.
0: Yeah, the V-chip. The V-chip, which mm-hmm. is
1: built in actually to the TV itself, uh, which is supposed to, um, allow the rating system to sort of help you control what can and can't be seen. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, you'll also find it on a lot of set-top boxes, like if sure. you're a cable or a satellite subscriber. You'll, um, in many cases, find that uh, there's some way to knock out certain channels. Uh, personally, I like doing that with the shopping channels. <laughs> no, nice. So you uh, put a little Just password in be- there. Because and- I, you know, don't really want to watch them.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Um, well and and really technology has become so pervasive that it's it's that's pretty much why you need these things so kind of let's let's go back to the computer one for a bit because uh i did write an article that that, that dovetails into this uh conversation mm. um it's not directly relevant but um tangentially i suppose which was uh, about internet censorship oh yes and um one of the big problems are that that uh Advocacy groups have with you know, privacy advocacy groups and 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 um, and free speech advocacy groups have with these kind of uh, solutions is that they're not the most elegant or accurate um, ways to prevent people from seeing certain sites. Uh, a lot of them depend on um, blacklists. So in that case, like Chris was saying earlier, you're depending on someone else saying this site is inappropriate for people to look at. Uh, at work or for children to have access to. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's just a list of websites that, that someone else somewhere has determined are not appropriate for you or your, your kids to look at. But in other cases, they use keyword blocking. So uh, it's kind of like a search engine, you know, search engines will often, uh, scour a website and and categorize it by the keywords that are on there. So when you do a search for that keyword term, that's how they pop up. Well, same sort of thing for these parental controls. They search for uh, a database of keywords, and if those keywords show up, or phrases in some cases, um, that site will automatically get blocked by the software. And the problem is that it doesn't always block the appropriate sites. Sometimes it blocks stuff that Really, you should have access to. Um, I, I have a I have friends who work at the uh, Center for Disease Control, right? And some of them work in uh, in realms which require them to do research on things like sexually transmitted diseases. Sure. But with certain software blocking uh, applications on there or, or website blocking applications, they can't go to the sites they need to go to to do research because. <laughs> they these keywords are popping up and the information information's being blocked so there are times where this can really prevent you from from even doing your job right so that's kind of a that's that's why i look at this as sort of a downside in many ways uh, now when you're talking about kids it's a different it's a different matter altogether but the problem is that these these parental controls aren't being applied just by parents to kids they're being applied by by companies to employees, or in some cases by governments to citizens.
1: True enough, um, there are instances even of ISPs, internet service providers, who are filtering content that comes into uh, into homes based on their content for you know actually I've heard of political content being censored. Right, um, and we're just talking about in the United States. Of course, there are other places uh, like China who are famous where you know they are famous for blocking large <laughs> large volumes of content on the internet.
0: Right and and Cuba which has its own intranet mm-hmm. which acts like an internet but is really all self-contained. It doesn't really access anything to the outside. So it really insulates the the citizens.
1: That's true. Uh it's one of those things too uh it, that people try to use it for uh, uh you know applications such as libraries, public libraries, where, um, you know, in this case, you'd want it to shut down at a certain point to uh, to uh, log off all the computers in the library. But, um, you know, there is a, a big debate in many library circles um, over whether or not it is a good idea or a bad idea to, uh, to allow censorship. Of course, you don't want, uh, if your child is working on a term paper um, for a class, you don't want somebody surfing the internet for, for porn right next to them. Right. Um, but at the same time, you know, is it right? You know, one of the, the central tenets to, uh, to the American library associations, uh, you know, code is that you're supposed to open these channels and, and fight censorship in all fronts. I know this because I'm pursuing my degree in library and information sciences. So this is a topic we've talked about a lot lately, but, um, it is it is one of those things where they you know there are people fighting on both sides of it they see a, a reason for it but uh you know for as far as the kids are concerned but as far as adults are concerned do you apply the same rules and in what way you know, right it's, it's difficult
0: yeah yeah do you put a do you have a separate section in the library i mean and if you Actually, do does that does that is that inappropriate in a way because it, it casts a certain light on the people who go in there? Uh, one of the uh, one of the
1: most popular uh, ways of handling it is to notify the library customer that they are being they are not using a filtered internet connection, right? Uh, and to offer an unfiltered internet connection to that person, you know, as an alternative. It's like, well, here it is, you know. Of course, they also risk losing federal funding mm. uh, for these projects because that's part of uh, the legislation.
0: And and this is you know it's just going to get more complicated. It's sure. not going to get uh, easy. You know, it's not going to. There, there are no easy answers to this, and it's not going to. You know, there's no, no solutions going to pop up in the next thirty seconds or something. I mean, <laughs> you're hearing uh, the latest news I've heard about this is for airlines that are considering, you know, that are starting to use, um, they're are starting in, to Wi-Fi enable right yeah. in-flight internet. They have Wi-Fi enabled. Uh, uh, um, in flight services. So you pay to have access to uh, the internet and you can surf the web on your laptop in flight for a fee. Um, and there are people, they're both customers. There are, uh, airline personnel like, like flight attendants and even pilots mm-hmm. who are all concerned about whether or not they should put in filters to block people from surfing for porn on an airplane flight. Right. And I mean, that, that's definitely one of those situations where you're, you're thinking, really, why would you want to? (laughs) You're sitting next to perfect strangers. And I've heard arguments about this. I've heard arguments that say, well, why would you look on someone else's screen? Well, it's in your field of vision. I mean, you know, I don't know about you, but my, my vision does extend beyond directly straight in front of me. Right, and the way well, the way you sit in an airplane, let me—if you're in coach, I mean, you know, your your elbows are sticking in the ribs of the person next to you. There's not a whole lot of space there. Well, if you think about
1: it, the one of the biggest arguments that I've heard for people uh, who do not want airlines to allow uh, cell phone use is they don't want to hear everybody else talking.
0: No, I don't. And having hear their that.
1: personal phone conversations. Right. Well, why would you want to? You know, I'll give that some credit. You know, you're a captive audience for your four hour flight. You have to sit next to this person in very close proximity. Yeah. If it's you don't a full wanna...
0: flight, you can't switch seats or anything like yeah. that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I don't really want to watch somebody surf for porn you know sitting yeah. right next to them and coach for an entire flight I don't ever want
0: to but well, no. Um, no particularly not when you're a captive audience strapped into a seat at 30,000 feet that that definitely does not ha- appeal to me and i've heard uh, suggestions perhaps tongue in cheek for solutions like having the curtained off area in the back of the plane so you could just have the yeah, porn yeah. section and uh, it just do we really need to turn airplanes into that kind of environment i mean we used to have the smoking sections which depending on your point of view, were bad enough. From my own point of view, definitely bad enough. Yeah. So I'm glad those are gone. But, oh, I mean, it's just such a can of worms. Um, and, and even though I am vehemently anti-censorship, I guess it's one of those things where it's okay as long as it doesn't impact me. Um, <laughs> because I can, I can definitely say that if I were sitting next to someone and they were looking at inappropriate material, however you may define that, I, it would definitely make me uncomfortable. And, I mean... It, it just seems wildly inappropriate you 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 would hope people would use their individual judgment and come to the conclusion of hey, this is something I should only look at in the privacy of my own home bathroom closet, whatever um and not on a seven thirty seven going on a transatlantic flight, you know. Yeah, but, but you can't necessarily trust that people will do that. So that's where the the can of worms comes in.
1: And that's what I think I'm going to have to do eventually with my kids. Um, you know, they're at least as far as I can tell, um, you know, pretty smart kids, and they're going to have to, you know, they're going to be able to get around a lot of the parental controls I could set up for them. You know, they'll find some way to do it. Yeah, because.
0: Kids you know, are smart. That's,
1: the kids are smart, and uh, you know
0: it's, they soak up information so quickly. So, I mean, as fast as we come put up barriers, they're going to know ways around them. It's kind of it's it's both admirable and scary. Yes, it
1: is, and. um You know, I think, I think you're right. I think what it comes down to is educating people and saying, Mm -hmm. look, you know, this isn't appropriate at this time. You don't want to do this in front of all these people. You don't want to, uh, expose people to things that you wouldn't want to be exposed to. And here's why. And you have to, uh, to get in there and uh, explain what it is, what's going on, and say,
0: you know,
1: you're going to have to use your judgment.
0: Yeah. So we're getting back to the old parental control program. Exactly. It's interesting, right? You can't just solely depend upon technology. Although technology can certainly help you out, you can't you can't depend on that as the 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 cure-all solution. Um, yeah, and you got to hope that we don't have too many Andy Kaufmans out there because those are the exactly the kind of people who would want to push your buttons and do what you're not supposed to do in public just to see how people react and there's always going to be those people, but hopefully they'll be in the minority. Right. Well, I guess that about wraps up this discussion. If you want to learn more, you can read all about Internet censorship on HowStuffWorks.com right now, and we'll talk to you again soon. For more on
1: this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry.
0: It's ready. Are you?